Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Student of the Gun University, a place for education and enlightenment. We help you gain a new perspective and understanding of firearms training. Your teacher today will be Professor Paul Markle, a veteran small arms and tactics instructor with 30 years of knowledge and experience. Grab your number two pencil, turn to page one, and let the learning begin. All right, Johnny, thank you for that introduction, and uh, thank you to everyone who has chosen to decide or has decided to choose the Student of the Gun University podcast. Yes, indeed. Here we are. One more week, another week, and we're going to talk about, or we're going to continue talking about the four pillars of combat. Last week, we discussed mindset. Now, mindset is at the top. It's the number one. Uh, It is the number one uh, because mindset determines everything else that you do. Your mindset determines the tactics you employ. Your mindset determines whether or not you actually develop skill. Your mindset determines the gear that you purchase and secure. So mindset is number one. And right below mindset is tactics. Now, tactics, many of you might be thinking, well, tactics and mindset, mindset and tactics, they're the exact same thing. No, actually, they're not. Mindset is you deciding that you should employ a certain tactic. Now, what is a tactic? A tactic is it's an action that gives you an advantage when all else is equal. What I mean by this is let's say that you have a gun and the bad guy has a gun, right? You have a handgun, the bad guy has a handgun. You're both in the same place. The bad guy comes, you know, he decides he's going to attack you. He's going to either shoot you, kill you, rob you, you know, kidnap you, whatever. All Everything is basically, you're on equal footing. And what makes the difference? What is the difference if, you know, you have a gun and he has a gun? Or your team has rifles and their team has rifles. So everybody has rifles. That's equal footing. The difference is is the tactics employed by the individual or by the team or by the unit. It is the tactics that are employed when all else is equal. That is what that will decide the outcome. Say, so well, give me an example of a tactic. One example of a tactic would be to uh, scream or yell, stop or you know, fuck off or whatever into the face of the person who's about to attack you. Why is that a tactic? Well, it's a tactic because it gives them something that they probably weren't expecting. Uh, the person who's attacking you, probably you are probably not their first victim. Chances are really good that you are not the first victim of this person who's about to attack you. And they have the experience. The experience is on their side. Chances are you don't get up every single day and uh, go out and have to fend off attackers, do you? I would hope not. But the person who's attacking you, they have probably robbed and abused and bullied and stolen and maybe assaulted and murdered other people way before they got to you. So experience is on their side. And because experience is on their side, you need to employ superior tactics. And one of the ways we employ superior tactics is by doing things, engaging in behavior that, well, the 
the other guy may not expect. One of the tactics that Miyamoto Musashi uh, employed, or he advised people to employ, he employed it, I mean, he wrote it in his book, and he's like, this is what I do, and I think you should do that too, was that the very first thrust, the very first attack with the sword was always to the opponent's face. You say, yeah, but the, the, the head is relative. Compared to the body, the head is small, right? You're more likely to get a hit. You know, people can duck and pull back their head and go sideways and, and so forth. And the head's a small target, but the body's a big target. I understand that. I do understand that. But the, that was a tactic. You see, that was a tactic because Musashi knew that people will protect their face at all costs. You know, they might be in the middle of throwing a punch, and if you kick them in the leg or you punch them in the stomach or you hit them in the in the chest or the abdomen or whatever, it, it may phase them, it may not phase them. But Musashi understood that uh, people, I mean, think about it. If someone were to throw one of those little, those soft or lightweight uh, toy balls from the, from the little kitty ball pit, if someone, if you're just sitting still, not expecting it, and one of those little tiny balls came flying towards your face, what would you do? Would you just let it hit you? Or would you do everything you could to avoid that thing hitting you? Now, in a practical, realistic world, you say that little tiny toy ball is not going to do any real damage to your face, right? What's well, immaterial because people want to protect and guard their face. No one wants their face to be hit. And if your face does get hit, it's demoralizing. And so that was a tactic that Musashi employed. First strike, always to the face, whether it works or whether it doesn't. If it connects, fantastic. Uh, if, if you're using a, a 42-inch samurai sword uh, and the first hit is to the face and it connects, well, you probably just won. But if it misses, you still have put your opponent on the defensive. You force them to duck, pull back, whatever they did, and now they're on the defensive. You have taken the advantage. That tact that is a tactic. The tactic of yelling stop at someone who is about to like get in your face or rob you or whatever. They probably weren't expecting that. They probably weren't expecting that. The tactic of movement. Movement, moving so that you are in a place that your um, your enemy did not expect you to be. Uh, Sun Tzu in the in the Art of War talks about this. He talks about, oh, you know, appear where your opponent does not expect you to be. If your opponent expects you to be in a certain place, go somewhere else. Arrive before the, your, you are expected. If your opponent expects you to arrive at a certain time, if they anticipate you're going to arrive at a certain time, get there before then. If they expect you to be in a certain place, move so that you're not in that place. When your attacker begins attacking you, they see you at a certain place. That's what we call on the X or in the kill zone. They see you in the kill zone on the X. That's where they expect you to be. And if you immediately move off the X, if you immediately get out of the kill zone, if you take a hard 45-degree step backwards, left or right, or even forward, uh, forward 45 degrees, you know, left 45 degrees, right. 
That's not what they were expecting. Now you're not where they expected you to be. They have to alter their plan to continue doing what they're going to do. Now that alteration may only take one half of a second. But physical confrontation and fights are measured in fractions of seconds. If you can get a half second or one second ahead of your attacker, you will probably win if you do things correctly. Tactics combine mindset and they combine skill, but they are more than mindset and they are more than skill. So when you consider a tactic, you say, you know what? And we love to, unfortunately, (laughs) I say unfortunately, because we live in this world where everything is a tactical everything. You know, we joke about tactical pens and tactical bandages and tactical holsters and tactical sights and, you know, uh, it's a market. It's become a marketing tool. It's become a marketing tool. Uh, and, and it works, you know. People got to sell stuff. People have to sell you tactical pens and tactical knives and tactical holsters and, you know, tactical dog brushes or whatever heck they're trying to sell you. All right, so they throw the word tactical onto it. Uh, unfortunately, the sad thing is people who were using the word tactical 20 years ago before it became this sales tactic and they've established that as part of their brand, they're kind of stuck with it, you know. But uh, tactics is, it's more than just going to the range and practicing shooting. You know, standing in front of a target and practicing marksmanship is great, but that's not a tactic. You see, because anybody else can practice that too. Now, other people can practice tactics, but the good news is, Practicing tactics requires dedicated effort, and it requires you to put thought into that. Most humans are generally lazy, and they will do the least amount possible. So if you put in the extra effort, the extra effort to work on and consider your tactics, chances are really good that the more time you put in, the farther ahead of your potential enemy you will become or the farther ahead you will get from them. Tactics. How do we employ our skill? What do we do? Actions we take. Uh, Moving around, moving from cover to cover, shooting around the side of cover instead of over the top of cover. That's a tactic. Why? Well, because... If you're behind cover, whether it's a a brick wall or a car or a barrel or a whatever, fill in the blank, and the bad guy saw you run over there, they're expecting you to pop up over the top of it. Why? Because that's what the average person would do. The average person would pop up over the top of the cover whatever it happens to be, a car trunk or a, or a, a brick wall or sandbags or whatever. That's what they're expecting. But instead of doing that, what you do is you lean out the far right side so that you keep a low profile. You find them, track them, and put hot rocks into them. They weren't expecting that. That is a tactic. See, a lot of things that we employ, we may think that they're part of a training routine, uh, and they are, but they are tactics. There's a difference between doing one thing or the other. Remember, the value of tactics is that when all else is equal, let's say there's four of you and there's four of them, you have rifles, they have rifles. Who's going to come out the winner? 
Well, the person who has or the people or the team that has the best tactics. The greater tactics will determine the winner. And uh, there are many, many generals throughout history that will bear me out on that. And even sometimes good tactics can overcome inequality. Let's say there are 10 of them and only four of you. And you all have rifles. Everybody's armed. So if you looked at it on paper, you'd say, well, the 10 people are going to overwhelm the four because 10 is greater than four. There you go. However, if the four have superior tactics, they can and will defeat larger numbers. So tactics, it's the number two in the four pillars of combat. So as you train, as you study, as you practice, you want to keep that in mind. What are tactics and why are they important? All right. I hope you enjoy today's show. Like I said, if you didn't enjoy today's show, come back next week with better taste. How's that sound? Does that sound like a good one? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Paul Markle, your host. Remember, you're a beginner once, but you're a student for life. Thanks for joining us today. We are big fans of the value for value model. Please go to SOTGU.com to contribute the amount that best fits the value that you got out of this lesson. It could be $5 or $5 million. By contributing, you will help the show grow and assist in the education of your peers. And remember, you are a beginner once, a student for life.